Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. everybody and welcome to another edition of Jay Bird Watching. I am your host this evening, Adam Corsair, and of course I am joined by my fellow co-hosts, the two men that make this possible, Mr. Yes. Craig Brendan and Mr. Brendan Benicar. Why do you guys laugh when I say that? Because <laughs> <laughs> teamwork makes the dream work, man. It's oh, all three of us. Why does that sound like two claps and a Ric Flair to start the show? Guys, I got to tell you, I've been working from home all week. I could literally get used to this working from home stuff. I kind of like it. <laughs> I like it. I guess when it's me, then I'm, I have to be at the things I need to fix all day, every day. Mm. If I'm uh, stuck at home, it kind of just means things don't get fixed. <laughs> yeah, I get you. You know, the whole turning wrenches and wiring things all day. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait until I can go to an office again, even if it's twice a week. I haven't been to an office or worked outside of my condo since... May, March 16th. Been on the entire time. Although, then again, there is always this. Hey, yes. That, that too. <laughs> Friday it's afternoons, just yeah. And Game then, on. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, for me, it's flipped. Uh, since this whole thing started, I've been working in an office, and now I get to work from home. So it's more, it's like, oh, this is what the hype's about. It. I kind of like it. And it's not bad. I like it. It, it takes discipline, though, I will tell you. Yeah. Oh, I just, I just, this is what lo-fi beats are made for. It's just go on YouTube and just chill out to lo-fi beats. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> That's what I do. Why well, do um, I feel like you have a, like a night at the Roxbury thing going on when you're at work all day? All, all day. Just, all yeah. day. Just go. <laughs> These Broke things the might just, they might as well just be surgically put in there. Just <laughs> forever. Forever. Oh, um, okay. If you ask my wife, she'll say I always have them in. Anyways, let's, uh, before we begin the show... Uh, Craig, you brought to our attention that we had a listener question, a viewer question on Twitter, actually, um, asking us about a potential starter. What, what was the question directly? The full question was, who has a chance to ever make the Jays full-time as a starter? It was The choices were Merriweather, Hatch, Kay, and Luciano, and it's from uh, longtime Lister sister with a bolter. So. Craig, why don't you take this one first, man? What do you think? Out of those guys... I would be shocked to see it be Kay and Luciano, honestly. And it's, that's okay. saying I really think that Hatch and Merriweather are really the front runners in that conversation. But a lot of this depends on what the Blue Jays actually start doing with the free agent market. There's really mm-hmm. a realistic, realistic opportunity for all four of those guys. I do have a strange feeling with being a lefty. And um, yeah, more or less just. Luciano being the odd man out, I think he has their bullpen. I really think long term that they might end up that way, but never know. What about you, Brennan? 
Yeah, I think it just a lot depends on what we've seen from them so far. We saw a lot of Luciano in 2019 because he is a Rule 5 guy who they picked up. And there was some. there's definitely some flashes of potential there. The kid has some good stuff. Um, but he's still pretty far off, I'd say. I know he's had his cup of coffee in the big leagues. Uh, I guess more than a cup of coffee a whole season in the big leagues other than his injury. Um, but I still think he might be two or three years off. Uh, and by then, who knows what situation it'll be in. Um, I could see him more as a bullpen guy myself. And then if I had to rank the three guys we've seen the most of from 2020, I'd probably go Hatch as number one, Merriweather's number two, and Kay's number three. And that's no disrespect, Bobby, uh, to your brother. Uh, but um, being a lefty, um, you see it takes longer for lefties to develop. It took longer for Jay Happ to come into his own. It took longer for other guys to come into their own, too. So... Um, uh, yeah, I think that's the way I'd go. Hatch showed me the most, I think. Uh, Merriweather showed some really good stuff. But again, maybe he plays better in a bullpen. Go out there in short one, two, three innings spurts and just strike out the side every single time, Like, which is basically felt like what he did. So, yeah, I'd probably go Hatch, Merriweather, Kay, then Luciano. Yeah, Luciano, you obviously we all knew the deal was that he was there just so, you know, he he would stay on the team. He obviously wasn't ready during that whole stint in the big leagues, but sort of a throwaway year anyway. Um I have to go Merriweather. I just trust the stuff a little bit more. I think he's got more uh I don't want to say of a pedigree because that sounds demeaning. I just think he has more of of a natural uh, starter kind of build to him and his stuff just scream starter. And this is no disrespect to to Hatch. It wouldn't surprise me either. But long-term, I think that's what the question was asking. Um, I can see Merriweather be a number, probably a number three at best in the rotation. But it wouldn't surprise me if this season, if they became, you know, injury riddled, knock on desk, that doesn't happen. He could slot in as the number five starter, and I think it will be just fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll pick up there and let Borden get all set sure, up. Sure. You know, he's got an alternate arrangement. But yeah, no. So if he, I think if you think about it in the short term, then obviously Luciano is the furthest away. Um, but um, I think if you look at it long term, like say three or four years down the road, then I think Luciano might rise to the top of the list. Uh, and that's because eventually, depending on what happens in free agency, depending on what happens in trades and depending on how good this team is, guys like Kay and Hatch and Merriweather, all, any of the three guys could be used as trade bait. So they could be out of the organization. It's possible Luciano could be used as trade bait too in the more short term, just based on what they saw. But you know what? If he goes up, it, people didn't, they saw some stuff in a stint out of the bullpen, but the more he gets it together as a starter in the minors and he looks better and better and better, that's going to be an attractive trade ship. Uh, in the future but who knows there's so many different directions you can go with these young arms it's 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 exciting it really is Craig you with us you're you're a little muffled yeah I can't we can't really hear you at the moment sorry dude well look oh 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 oh, oh am I better now there you go it's like I'm back Yes. I had to move Never to the exact lounge part of my back room here, meaning like three feet to my left. <laughs> you actually, you sound very clear. It's coming through nice. Yeah. yeah, the Dell laptop's not half bad. It's just, I can't believe I can't use my regular stuff. It so. happens. Yeah, we, this is American technology. What are you going to do? I declare shenanigans. Yes. <laughs> hey, that's fine. Shenanigans on the play. Um, 
But yeah, I, I I think that you know long term, me for it's Merriweather, you guys uh, inch it towards Hatch. I I get it, and I wouldn't be disappointed either way. Um, I just think when it comes to raw ability, um, and uh, sorry, raw stuff, and just the the litany in the arsenal, the arsenal. I think that um, Merriweather would would perform just a little better. I have a little bit more faith, but um, that being said, you guys want to roll into the to the first topic? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Thank I first. Man. Thank you for the question. Uh, I, we appreciate the interaction. We appreciate the listenership. And we most certainly uh, appreciate the questions. If anybody at any point during the show wants to ask us questions live on Twitter, please feel free to do so and we'll do our best. I'm watching. To... Oh, you're watching. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that's, that's clever. There's uh, all sorts of typing going on here. <laughs> all right. Well, if you guys have questions, please let us know. But let's talk about the the biggest news, I think. Uh, so far in the baseball baseball world is that the Cubbies are going to blow up the ship. Now, recently, Theo Epstein has stepped down from his role with the Cubs, and it's rumored that the team is willing to deal, quote, almost anybody. I remember sending you this uh, this text message to the group yesterday, guys, and I said, it's time to shop, boys. We're going shopping. Um, is there anyone on the Cubs roster, Craig, that you are looking at and saying, got to get him, that could help us either in the short or long term, or are there a group of players that you're interested in? Or are you like, nah, Cubs magic is gone. They won the World Series a couple years back. It's not the same. Move on. What, what say ye, Craig? That being said, I think the Cubs, Cubs magic is gone. And I think that is yes. because the O is gone. They're not going to be able to bring anything in to inject that same level of interest, I don't think. So you're talking about bringing you know, the new guys in. Yes, he's been there with the team and everything. But he's going to want to rub everything of his own persona on that. Just as like what we saw when the Blue Jays current management team moved in you know they're going to want to blow it up to the point where they get what they want and build this team back up these guys i don't i hate to say it for cubs fans because it was so nice to watch them finally win a world series and that was such a great team and yeah it was just the best story in baseball and a long time best story in baseball so to see them nuke that up it does suck but i really do think that they need to start thinking and you know, the future here. And what better way to do that by pilfering a plethora of players from a team like the Toronto Blue Jays' minor league organization. We talked about an extent, it's crazy extensive on this show with how much we have in the cupboard. And if they go after us, we're going to get something good in the return, regardless of who it is, because there's plenty of talent as major league ready on this team. And being able to just, you know, pilfer their ready guys to, bolster our stuff right now and run to the world series. This could be really, really good for the blue Jays that this is just kind of like the, you know, the moon's aligning type of thing to me right now. I'm, I'm looking at the former MVP and um, either um, Chris Brandt or bringing in Anthony Rizzo. Why not go right for their top tier and bring in that captain level of player to match up with this young core who is obviously going to be the blue Jays captains of tomorrow or now, whichever way you want to call it. There's that kind of like nice veteran presence to it there. I, I, if I had to come down to it, I love the idea of bringing Chris Bryant in because I just think he checks all the boxes for the Blue Jays. You got a third baseman that's solid all day, every day. And guys, I think he gets a rough bit playing in the National League Central. Mm. This is some big ballparks, and that boy hits the ball pretty damn hard. <laughs> so seeing him play in the American League East could be uh, slightly ridiculous. Those 30 home run seasons could add up to something of pretty – bountiful for the blue jays going forward if he's playing in the american league east yeah i i totally agree and you know you know 
I think you look at the potential non-tender uh, candidates here, guys, and MLB trade rumors lists two Cubs position players. One of them is Chris Bryant. They have a pretty big decision to make with him because the non-tender decision is for at least $18.6 million. It's a big chunk of change in a season where there may be some surprise non-tenders. So there's one. And then the other is Kyle Schwarber at $7.9 million. Um, I think you look at those guys who there's going to be some debate in the Cubs organization. It's like, look, if we're going to blow it up and somebody comes to us with a trade offer for one of these guys, I think we got to think about it. So I think those guys could be the most right for the picking. But I think you absolutely go for your top-tier talent. Like, I'm looking at Kyle Hendricks in the rotation, a guy who recently signed an extension and is still super cheap, under control uh, for, I think, until 2023 or 2024. Um, and Hendricks has been awesome. Uh, very similar mold to Ryu. They don't throw hard, but they rely on good movement and location with their stuff. And Kyle Hendricks could rival Marco Estrada for the best changeup we've seen uh, on a Blue Jays staff in, like, forever because Hendricks' changeup is every bit as good as Marco Estrada's was. So mm -hmm. Hendricks, on the pitching side, Darvish is an option. I know Darvish is a little more expensive at 21.5. He's had some injury concerns, but he's really, really steered the ship back in the ace-level direction. But there's a little too many red flags at that price point for me. So scary. it is. I agree. It is a little scary with Darvish. Um, he'd be great. So we can get Ryan Tapera back. Yes. Yeah, too. <laughs> the, the Cubs have a good roster that are worth picking, uh, like going after and calling. And like Bryant's probably at the top of my list for position player, and Hendricks should be for pitcher. And I know we put together trade packages last week for Arenado and Marquez, but let's do it for uh, or think about probably similar trade package molds for uh, Hendricks and for Bryant. A lot of them could probably be very similar guys. So I'm I'm all in on the Cubs. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you, you brought up you Darvish. I'd like to stay away from that. I know, you know, there's a little bit of love loss when it comes to you Darvish, because I remember when he was making his way here, it was heavily rumored that the yeah. Blue Jays were going to be the team to sign him. And then right. I, I remember I they actually say we did have him something like, like that. that. It was reported by ESPN or the athletic or somebody that's like, oh, the Blue Jays got him. And then five minutes later, oh. By the way, he's heading to Texas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember it was kind of a shock. Um, and Texas was sort of under the radar about it. But, you know, that notwithstanding, I don't know how I feel about having a guy that's 34 yeah. that's going to command that kind of money. And you're going to have him up until 2023. It would be his last season with the Jays. I don't know. I, I, I just think that the longevity is just not there. And I'd rather stay away from that. Hendricks is obviously someone that I'd, I'd love to acquire. Um, I think the asking price in terms of trade capital, uh, prospect capital, is going to be a little high. Wouldn't oh, yeah. surprise me if they're going to want to dabble into some MLB-ready or MLB-rostered players in return that are on the young side, sort of like uh, we were talking about um, with Gurriel, perhaps. Um, but Chris Bryant is one that I'm looking at because it's it's a pure rental, right? You'd have him for one year at the third base spot. Um, he can still produce. He's still rather young. He's 28 years old. Um, the contract is... I mean, if you were going to sign, just for the sake of argument, if Chris Bryant was a free agent and you were going to sign him for one year, 18 and a half, sure, sign me up. You know, like, I, I don't see that as a as a high risk at all. And I don't know that because he has just one year left on the contract that the trade capital in return is going to be nearly as high. So I'm okay with, with dabbing into that. I'm sure the Cubs are going to want something of a, in terms of premium and prospect capital. But I don't know that you're going to demand any major league ready players 
for a guy like Chris Bryant. Maybe you do, and maybe if I'm the Jays, you sort of walk away because of the rental. Um, I certainly don't think Chris Bryant's the kind of guy that will entertain an extension with the Blue Jays. Uh, I don't mean that disrespectfully to Toronto, but if you're going to make a, a move for a guy like Bryant or Rizzo or Hendricks, that's an all-in move. Especially, I don't obviously I don't foresee this happening. If you can get all three, that is a fucking all-in move, <laughs> and that is that is chasing a World Series title. Um, yeah. so. For me, uh, I think Brian is the one that is probably the easiest to acquire if we're talking just a rental and for both sides to agree upon a deal. Rizzo is probably a guy that the Cubs are eager to get rid of just because he has also just one year left. So never mind, 16 and a half. So maybe you, you can make a move for both of them and you can you know package something of prospect premium in return. And that would certainly propel your team forward, I think. I got one for you to throw in on both those guys, any of those guys, or Javi Baez, or whoever the hell you want to do in. Throw in Albert Amora Jr. Mm. Give us a sound. Actually, field. that's another one. <laughs> the non-tender Because that one's somebody that's under control that actually does increase that prospect capital. I think he's got, I think he's arbitration eligible for the next yeah. three years. I think this is his first one. Yep. By your call. But, you know, he's not anything that's super splashy, but that's another center fielder, you know, or... Go that next step, get as much control with I and Hap. Yeah, yeah. Got a little bit more bat with I and Hap would be the difference. But the nice thing, I think, I think Almora is going to end up being the igniter. I really think he is going to be that kind of a guy in a lineup, maybe as soon as this year. So it'd be interesting to see what he looks like at the top of our order, maybe with Biggio and Bichette at the top. You know, are we looking to acquire guys from the Cubs? That's more of a win now. Or do you think the Blue Jays are going to be, if they're entertaining offers to the Cubbies for any of their players, do you think they're looking for players that have control attached to them? Because it, it's really hard to read this front office and what their intentions are for this coming season because the attitude, at least prima facie, is that they're saying we want to you know, push our chips and we want to be aggressive. But does that mean they're going to be eager to acquire rentals? I'm not sure. So if in are you willing to pay that prospect capital or major league ready prospect capital or major league talent to get yeah. people with control? Brandon, what do you say? Oh, that's tough. Look, I think Bryant could just on his own without anybody else attached could maybe not as high of an asking price as Lindor, like we discussed last week, but it will come close. It will. Um, definitely. There's still a lot of value there with Chris Bryant. I know he's coming off a pretty injury riddled and, and poor 60 game sample size, but so many veterans have Arenado did. He came off a bad season and that's just, that, that's not going to mean the Rockies are going to give him away for free. So I think Bryant will command a similar ish package to the ones that we discussed last week or have been proposed for Lindor. Um, and if they're discussing Lindor and the Cubs are having a fire sale, you might as well discuss Bryant too. Mm. And Bryant can play the outfield as well. Like he has some experience in left field. Um, you could, he could probably play some right field, uh, but I think left is the much easier uh, position for him since he's just going straight back from third base. So Bryant um, on his own, I would definitely pay for. Um, as I said last week, I'm fine with Lindor as a rental too. There's no guarantee for either of them. So if we're going to dabble in the rental market, I think anybody that uh, anybody that's a rental that's good that can have an impact this season could be but again i think any trade where you're talking lindor or you're talking chris bryant or you're talking any of these guys who are rentals it starts with george springer for me it really does because that's the move that's going to signal to lindor and to chris bryant whichever one of the ones you go after is like you're going to want to stay here we just had mm. a reunion 
this past offseason. Now, look, at we've, we've added Springer. We've signed two big deals in the last two seasons, and we're slowly building to a contender. And you're going to want to stay here. So we're going to try and get you in the building and re-sign you. So it, it, any big move, any big trade, it, whatever package they give, it, for me, it has to start with them getting George Springer in the building. Craig, I see the steam coming out of your ears. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, it's because there's blood coming off my tongue from playing it so hard. <laughs> um, what, whatever, you guys all know my George Springer stance. I just don't want any guys infecting my clubhouse. And I think we have an insanely good group of guys here, and I, that scares me. It really does. It's just a flag to me, and I don't know how much I can – until I see it. If I see it, I can't will. change my mind. <laughs> if, if they sign Springer and you start to change your view on him, I will pay for half of your Jay Springer jersey. Oh. Okay. I'm not going <laughs> to okay. go that far. <laughs> There's not even going to be a jersey in my view, in my future. <laughs> of that. It's just saying. <laughs> so. I don't know, man. If he's if he's the guy that propels this team forward, and that's usually not the case when it comes to baseball. It's usually very much a team effort. But if yeah. this is a type of player that can spark some sort of, uh, I don't know, just some lightning for this team, um, I can see Springer being a guy that would attract uh, trade candidates, even though it's not necessarily up to them, but yeah. they could, they, you know, they, they, they chirp in the ears of management and they could say, get me to the Jays, get, get me to a team that's contending like the Jays. Um, and I think that would signal something, but I don't know. I, the same I, reasons on like why you got guys like Ricky Henderson in 93. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he waived a no trade clause. If I'm correct from the A's to come to Toronto that year, I can't recall. I feel like there was something like that going on, or maybe it was one of the places that wasn't on his list or something. I don't know. But back to the Chris Bryant thing. Yeah. We kind of saw what I think could happen with Chris Bryant this past season. And when everything is going on, we saw this happen with Taiwan Walker. He was happy to be traded to the Blue Jays, but all of a sudden, right when the season ended and he didn't use the playoffs, everybody was just like, yep, gone. Don't even mm -hmm. think about it, right? We've been seeing all over social media that he isn't anywhere near opposed to the idea of coming back to Toronto. And in all reality, it sounds like he would love to come back to Toronto and play baseball. Yeah. I could see that same kind of thing happening with Chris Bryant. He's going to, if you trade for him now, maybe it doesn't take the high end prospects because if the, let's just put this way, if the Cubs are going for a full rebuild, are they looking for prospects that are going to hit in the next year? No. Two years? No. Three years? No. no. They're going to be looking at the Aralvis Martinez and the Gabriel Moreno's and all that kind of stuff. They're going to hit in three or four years, right? So I'm completely fine trading right now for a guy down the prospect line. Yes, they're going to be great players. I really do confidently can say that. But if that's going to get me more this season, yeah, go ahead and give it to Chris Bryant. And I really think that audition for Chris Bryant would completely U-turn, you know, seeing what the goof around level is with him and everything online did you guys ever see that video with him getting whiffed by greg maddox dressed up yes. as a cameraman yes he the, the guy just he seems like he has that same mentality from what we've seen from boba shet kevin biggio vladdy that core and he would be such a key piece to that and i just think he fits the culture of the blue jays 10 billion times over and i think if he got into that dugout he wouldn't want to leave it's so i, I agree I agree that he'd be uh, a, a very 
good fit for the squad, especially with the young uh, talent that's on the team. It's To me, this is sort of no different than Lindor, and you touched on it too. I can't confidently say that he'll stay. Yeah. Right. And if I'm giving up pre, if, if it's lower level, like single A prospect pool, fine, I'll take the risk. But is Chris Bryant alone going to push the needle for us deeper into the playoffs and capitalize over teams like the Rays and the Yankees? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know that that gets it done alone. And again, obviously, this is based on other moves. But if those moves fall through and don't happen, then it's kind of just fanfare. At that point, which is fine, like it, it gives people more of a reason to watch the Jays, even though viewership wasn't necessarily even down this past season, g- given the pandemic. Yeah, it was up. Mm, um, up. I just think that if you're going to do that, you have to have other moves in place, or that's one of the last moves that you make. Yeah. Um, after you've already completed some other trades, I don't know if how you feel about that, Brennan. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Again, this is the exact same thing I said. It starts for me with Springer. Um, if it's anybody less than that for the outfield, like a Jackie Bradley Jr., with no, we discussed this last week and maybe even the week before, that's not enough for me to move the needle and be like, I'm comfortable uh, giving up a big package for Bryant or for Lindor if it's Jackie Bradley Jr. But if it's Springer, who's a, a, an all star, a superstar level talent who could bat lead off and hit you 30 home runs and steal some bases, uh, and then you go Bo and then Cavan and Vlad and, and, and maybe Lindor Bryant, like you're looking at six to seven deep. Plus you're not even into the catcher range yet. So uh, absolutely. It is dependent on other moves. Um, It'll be interesting to see over the next week or so, if the Cubs continue to throw out signals that they are going to blow it up, which team around the MLB goes for a trade package first. And if they were to give up a bias or if they were to give a Rizzo, to somebody that's not the Jays, and you take a look at the return of what the Cubs are getting, and it is guys that are far off, like you said, Craig, um, then absolutely go for it. Like, I'm so down. Like, you can you can start with something a few years down the road, like a Martinez or a Geraldo. Heck, we talked about Luciano. Luciano's a guy who's a piece farther down the road that could be used in a deal like that. And, and yep. then maybe one of Manoa, Klaffenstein, or Woods Richardson. I'd like to keep Woods Richardson, but hey, in the right deal, Manoa, Klaffenstein, you're out the door. Oh, I yeah. think the rental that's a little much <laughs> with those it's, two guys. But, like that, yeah. But we'll find out. But I, I to your point, Adam, I don't know you said don't you don't know what this does for this coming season. Getting Correct. some what I'm saying that move alone. Guy, forget who we might be giving up. If you're keeping the major league roster the mm-hmm. same and you put Chris Bryant in this lineup, I don't know if either of you had looked at the rankings for major league baseball for the stats for the teams, period. The Blue Jays were the seventh-ranked most runs scored in baseball this year in 60 games. And remember how much bitching everybody was doing that first two weeks, how we couldn't drive in the key run? That's a lot of key runs, I think, that Chris Bryant could, could be contributing to in a sport and the kind of stuff that we have. So that could be the difference in the world, and that's maybe a number-one-ranked you know, amount of runs scored in a season. So, so maybe the just, fishing doesn't become as important if you're just crushing people. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But all right, let me let me play devil's advocate because this popped yeah. into my mind when you said that. How much of that being in seventh has to do with playing in Buffalo? And do you think that'd be replicated in Toronto? Playing in Buffalo anyway. <laughs> so you think that's a, they'll definitely be I playing in Buffalo? I would be shocked still with everything yeah. going on with COVID and cases going up if there's anything but at least a half a season in Buffalo or yeah. 
in any Blue Jay minor league ballpark for that matter. But then the other catch on that whole thing is I don't think that the Rogers Center is a deterrent for offense anything. And if anything, I think somebody the way that Chris Bryant hits hard nose line drives and some just happen to go over the fence. Yeah. I think that is going to play wonderfully in the gaps of the Rogers Center and it's letting it hit the carpet and run. I really would just be, I really don't think there's any difference between Chris Bryant in Buffalo and Chris Bryant in Rogers Center. Okay. Rest of the team, I'll make the argument that, yeah, Roddy Telez, I'm sorry, is an MVP if we play in Buffalo. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So high now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is oddly, awkwardly comfortable in that ballpark, and I'm strangely okay with it. Yes. <laughs> Look, yes. we're going to see for player recruitment purposes over the next few weeks, the Raptors uh, have applied to the federal government for permission to play at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. If they get granted that in December uh, or November, um, then the chances of the Jays playing in Toronto are going up like crazy, oh, yeah. uh, almost a certainty, because you're going to have rapid COVID tests that are available at airports for visiting teams to take when they arrive. Uh, they can probably still stay in the hotel. I'm assuming that that could be an arrangement that's made to at least to start the season instead of going to some of the other ones. Um, and look, we've got such good, so much positive news about a vaccine lately. It's starting to the, the distribution plans are in order. Um, I would probably rank right now in a much more optimistic than I was a few weeks ago that the chances of playing in Toronto have gone up to about 75%. I think it'll get closer to like 95% if the Raptors are granted permission to play in Toronto. So Blue Jays fans, keep an eye on the decision the government makes about the Raptors. Rhode Island, stand up for your vaccine plan. All right, <laughs> let, let's move on. Um, so I want to move on to uh, another possible addition that the Jays can be chasing. And according to Bob Elliott, um, He's reporting that the Jays are very interested, quote unquote, in Colton Wong after the uh, the deal was turned down. So we can't really define, quote unquote, very interested. I don't know what that means. It could mean, oh, he's on a whiteboard. That means he's very they're very interested in him or there's a legitimate interest. I don't know, but we can sort of parcel whether or not he's a good fit for the Blue Jays. Now, for me, you guys know I love Kevin. He's my man crush Monday. Um, I, I, I'd like to see him as the everyday second baseman, but if you get a guy like Wong, I certainly wouldn't scoff at the idea. Um, so, Craig, do you think that the Jays should be pursuing someone like uh, Colton Wong, given the fact that uh, the, the second base position seems to be solidified, at least to me it is, or do you think they're better served shopping elsewhere? It's shocking to me, but I think this is that same kind of thing that um, if you have a chance to acquire good talent, you got to take a look at it. And I, I really would be surprised if there actually is traction to this. I, I think they have too many other irons in the fire to even jump on something like this, especially this soon. Mm. This is a move I think you make if the Cubs don't have a fire sale. The Cubs don't, or the Colorados don't do anything with their guys. Lindor goes away, anything like that, because I really don't. I know you guys have talked about it too. We don't have a lot of confidence in the free agent market right. otherwise, right? So these guys like Wong that all of a sudden just became available start to look pretty nice and enticing. But he had a really rough year this year, guys, with injuries and just couldn't really – and he never put the pieces together. But this is a guy who's won a gold glove. You know, I, as much as – like you said, I, we love Kevin Biggio on this show. and But – I just know Kevin Biggio is going to play his way in with his bat, and he's going to play above average defense wherever the hell I put him on the field. So God damn you right. get that outfielder, you go after Wong. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you put 
Teoscar or Grichik back in right and Biggio or back in center and put Biggio in right, I think is a better fit for him than left. And you just let the DH spot be that roulette of whoever the hell takes it that day for as an extra outfielder or whoever. But I don't, unless they get rid of Grichik, I don't know how much getting, moving that around even helps. You're just moving the hole around a little bit with adding a ton of defense at second base with this move, because I really don't think Colton Wan's offense is going to be anything different than Kevin Biggio. I really don't. And right now, Kevin Biggio is part of the face of this franchise as far as the young kids go. And I would rather run with him and keep it internal. It's one thing to add that, but I don't think Colton Wan is going to want to jump in free agent wise to a place where he doesn't have a home. Right. That's the other catch of this whole thing. I think he's going to end up, honestly, I think he's going to end up being on the Giants. I can see that. Colton Wong's going to land, personally. Yeah, yeah. Colton Wong doesn't push the needle for me too much. I mean, look at If you go look at his Fangrass page, he's very kind of like Marcus Stroman was when his Blue Jays tenure, one really good year. And it wasn't even really that good. Um, he was above 100 in the WRC Plus department, I think both times at 108. So a few points above average. Um, and then the other years, he's been below that. Not much. I think the high 80s, low 90s. Um, but... At his ceiling those few years, he got similar production from Ryan Goins uh, in 2015. I think he's better than Ryan Goins. I really do. Um, there's a lot of people who are better than Ryan Goins. Yeah. He's still but, got uh, an MLB job, though, in the White Sox. That's, that's right. He's still in the organization. Uh, but look, Wong, uh, if they signed him, great. Uh, if they want him, I think they better act quickly because, look, this Robinson Cano news with the Mets <laughs> is, is is no good for the Blue Jays. That's an extra $24 million for the Mets to be able to spend over the next few years. And by the end of Cano's contract, when he comes back, they'll just buy him out because uh, Cullen wants to win and win now. I think the Cano news puts the Mets in conversations for Colton Wong to play second base. I think it puts them in discussions for Lindor. I think it puts them in discussions for Bryant. I think the Mets uh, are now the Blue Jays' biggest competitors this offseason in terms of who you add because of Cano suspension. But yeah, Wong won't excite me. I think he's fine. Um, he's had some good offensive years. He can steal some bags, add a little bit of pop, but uh, it's just, I don't know where you play. Like he'll play second probably primarily, but he has also gotten reps in the outfield. And who's that sound like? It sounds like Kevin. Yeah. Also sounds like David Eckstein to me, but don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will have him one thing on this. He's got his Twitter handle is completely on point. I don't know if you guys knew this, but it's the Juan one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Um, I thought it was interesting. You mentioned the, the Robinson Cano suspension thing. I don't, I think all that the Cano thing just did for the Mets is open up the pocketbook for DJ LeMahieu to play second. There you go. Yeah, that's true. Just not, Cohen's going to want to take a shit in the uh, Yankees uh, front yard, I think by stealing him. And he, I don't see that any, thing other than that just throw a brick of money at LeMahieu he's gonna play fine he's used to the National League anyway he's only been two years removed yeah only so many new pitchers that's true yeah I just I don't see this as being a fit and when I hear rumors about so far these Jays quote-unquote very interested in player x um they're rampant throughout uh, these these trade I mean not trade deadlines these uh the the free agency and the you know everything the rumor mill um I just think that when you see someone that draws interest that you're trying to draw comparisons or draw conclusions as a player that would fit for the blue Jays, I don't necessarily see it. And maybe this is just my, my fanhood bleeding into it when it comes to Cavan, 
But I just think that your your infield's fine the way it is. And if you want to make adjustments for someone like Lindor, then sure, I get the argument. Or an Arenado, I get the argument. But I can't make that same sort of consolation for Wong. I, it, to me, that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for, to um, sort of have that uh, logjam in other positions, Craig, like you're mentioning. Uh, that, that's a lot of players that you're going to have to maneuver around in order to um, make this work for a guy that isn't necessarily elite. And I can say that with confidence. He's not elite. So there's a, Aaron and the Ryan Goins for Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it, this it's to me, he doesn't push the needle at all. It's a good depth piece. It's a good piece to have on your roster if you need it. And if you can get it for cheap, but I don't necessarily think this, this pushes anything and it creates more problems than I think the, the Jays really can afford right now, not in terms of monetary, just in terms of just what their roster construction is like. So for me, second base, if it means Wong or Kevin, keep Kevin, man. I don't even want to mess with that. Just keep Kevin there. I agree. I think if Wong is your VR replacement, then you are looking pretty good to start the bench. And they've said at the season's end, we need to improve the bench. And I think every Blue Jays fan knows how much of a weak spot the bench was after VR didn't improve it. He didn't. He was terrible. He was a terrible teammate. Um, if Wong is signed, um, I think he can maybe play as much as VR did. Uh, but maybe primarily he is a bench guy who comes in late in games like Owens did <laughs> yeah. as uh, as uh, better gloves. Um, and maybe Kevin goes off to the outfield for Tioscar as an example. Um, so, yeah, if, if Wong is VR replacement and you look at it that way, then sure, I'm fine with that. Here's my problem with that VR replacement. I already think we have Colt Wong in our Meyer League system. And it's Santiago Espinal. Yeah, I agree. I loved what I saw from him. <laughs> I do, too. I think that he's going to be, right now, I think he, if you look at how Colton Juan played last year, Santiago Espinal did that already. Just and he saying. has much more upside, I think. And he's younger. I think he does, too. Yeah. And he showed some surprising pop near the end of his minor leagues um, stint with the Blue Jays that year, too. So um, I'm encouraged to see what the hell he can actually do with a you know an actual full-time bench spot. And the fact that he can play second, short, and third. Sign me up. I don't see any reason why he is not on this roster to begin the season outside of some odd thing like Colton Wan throwing a wrench into it mm. or whoever that might be. Um, but, yeah, that's my opinion. Did yeah. he pitch a little bit, too? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but, yeah, that's still one of my favorite freaking uh, uh, things on Twitter about the, uh, the cut four thing for MLB. Yeah. He always has that uh, position players pitching. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so basically what I'm picking up here, guys, is that we're not buying, that there's significant interest, quote-unquote, very interested in in Colton Wong. We're kind of passing on that. Yeah, if they do it, whatever. If they don't, okay. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Um, let's move on. So we we touched on a potential Shapiro extension before. We didn't know what was going on with it. We were confident that it could happen in the near future. Well, Kenny, Ken, Ken, Ken Rosenthal apparently uh, is under the impression that the deal is already done. Um, He recently reported that Shapiro indeed signed a new deal with the Jays, uh, the length of which is unknown. We saw this coming, as I said. The whole baseball world did as well. Um, That being said, I think we can uh, look at Shapiro and Atkins there, their tenure as Blue Jays uh, management in in two different uh, sections. We can sort of uh, branch it out. In the first Five years, I think it was. Um, it was all about rebuilding the farm. 
this past year, we got, a, I think, a little peek at to what they're capable of and what their drive is. There's definitely been a paradigm shift as to how they're going to operate. So, Brendan, we'll start with you. Do you think that this paradigm shift is going to continue as a result of this Shapiro extension and that the the ownership of Rogers is now under the understanding, hey, look, now it's time for us to push all in. Now it's time for us to get aggressive and that there is a mutual understanding in that and this will actually come to life? Or do you think that uh, even though the paradigm shift, we did see a little bit more aggression uh, in the offseason, or rather during the season of 2020, um, I'm not confident that he's actually going to push chips in as much as Anthopolis did. Which which side of the fence do you land on here? No, I do think it, this is just the beginning of them pushing chips in. Maybe not as quickly as Anthopolis did, but uh, especially in the offseason. Um, look, I think this offseason can be very similar to the 2014 offseason where they traded for Josh Donaldson and they gave Russell Martin an extra year, something Anthopolis never did. I can see that happening, and whether that's signing Springer uh, as your Russell Martin and then trading for Lindor or Chris Bryant as your Josh Donaldson, I could see it being that way. Look, Shapiro said this entire offseason that he wants to see it through, and everybody around baseball's industry are saying, and Ross is gone, and Charlie's gone. Uh, because it seems like all of their deals kind of are starting to align to the end of 2022. Um, Atkins, I believe, is under contract until the end of 2021. Um, Montoyo, as I said, is under contract until the end of 2021 with the club option for 22. So, yeah, I, I do think that now he's gone. He said, look, we've, we've done what we had to do. We rebuilt. We stocked the farm. Look at all this interest we've had on our on our team. We're going to be able to acquire these impact players. So we're going to push the chips in. And if we fail to win a World Series in a couple of years, I'm gone. Mm. Come on. The best thing he gets to say is we grew, we uh, we got more ratings and we were not even in the right country. (laughs) (laughs) If Rogers wants to boil it down to that. Right. That's the whole media conglomerate fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, it's amazing how everything you mentioned there, Brendan, is lining up and to run with it like that. I just don't I don't I think he feels like he's that close to finishing this job and he just wants to run through it. I really do. And I hope that they get that chance to do everything they need to do this offseason, because like you said, I don't think it's it doesn't need to be the all of a sudden just dump everything into the table, you know, for pushing all the chips in. You can just ride what we got and add those pieces. You know, we're make we're we're making a hedged bet instead of just you know, throw it all in and hope we get something out of it, which is really what 2015 was, guys. It worked out gloriously. I'll admit that. But come on, that was a sub 500 level team when all that happened. Yeah. <laughs> all right. The all-star break anyway, right? Yeah. We were starting to yeah. rise up a little yeah. after the all-star break and then. Yep. Birds fly, man. <laughs> Yeah, for me, there's a difference between uh, obviously what was going on with Anthopolis in 15 and to right now, because Anthopolis, I think, knew he was on his way out. So why not just, you know, go all in and leave the, the, the newcomers with nothing? I understand that's a kind of a shitty philosophy, but I understand also why he did it. Um, whereas now Shapiro is just sort of coming in and again and has a brand new deal with if you think about it, if if this was his first um, tenure with the Blue Jays, walking into this type of situation is amazing. Yeah. Like how you'd you'd be just a touch. Yeah, you'd be all about it. This would be the most in demand uh, job in baseball if you were running for it. 
Um, I do think Atkins will follow suit. I think they're sort of a tandem, so I do think they're going to be uh, at each other's hips for the remainder. And I, I, we've touched on this before. I don't think Montoyo is the manager of the future. I think he's a bridge manager. Um, but that being said, I do uh, think that right now we're looking at a, a different sort of philosophical approach that we were sort of yearning for. And it's because the cupboard's full. It's because we have so much prospect capital. Um, the trick now is to be able to lure those free agents in. And again, we talked about the whole COVID thing about how Rogers are in a very strong financial situation. This may be one of the positive sides of COVID. And I don't mean that any disrespectfully to anybody that, you know, experienced COVID, but I'm saying when it comes to the baseball world, the Blue Jays are in a really prime position right now. And this could be the the catalyst to having free agents be like, the money's just not really there elsewhere. And the Blue Jays are offering me a pretty good fucking lucrative deal right now. I could really go for this and really attract those free agents. This has been something that the Blue Jays has been struggling for for years. Years we've been hearing about this. The last well-known before Ryu, the last well-known uh, player to sign as a free agent, I would say was Martin, yeah. right? Unless we're going to have Kendrick Morales be that guy, but I just, I don't see it. Um, but yeah, I, I think that when you have that sort of opportunity available for you and you can literally change the, the name of the foundation of this team, you can be that guy that said, hey, not only did I push this team towards a World Series contention, I was able to attract free agents in. No one has really been able to do that. I think that is very, very, very attractive to a guy like uh, Shapiro. And I think given the situation that the Blue Jays are in, how can you not be excited? I do think this paradigm shift is for real. And I think Rodgers is on board with it because they see the success that the Raptors have. They see the push that the Maple Leafs sort of have all the time. Um, it's just hockey being so popular in, in Canada. Um, I think the Blue Jays want a piece of that pie. And when they got a taste of it in 2015 and 16, I think they want that back for 2021 and beyond. Bingo. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The city was all Blue Jays all the time in 2015 and 2016, and even in 2017 because the shine of the 2016 team was still rubbing off on a lot of people. But, uh, yeah, look, I was thinking about this when you were saying all that, Adam. If they didn't have a GM, and let's say they brought in Dave Dombrowski, how insane would Dombrowski go? Dombrowski would be like, this is the most prospect capital I've ever had to work with. I cleared the farm in Boston. I cleared the farm in Detroit. And those were arguably worse farm systems than the Blue Jays have right now. So Dude, imagine if it was Theo right now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's a very attractive position. And it's one that Shapiro should see through. Because if he does end up leaving in five years or four years or whenever, let's say they do win a World Series, he can go back and say, look at the team I took over in 2015. They just missed out on winning the World Series. We patched it enough together in 2016 to make another run. We fell short, so it was time to blow it up. Over 2017, 2018, 2019, and a little bit of 2020, not really. They started pushing the chips in this past year. We built up an incredible contending team to start contending in three seasons after the following playoffs, uh, for, for following 2016. And we won a World Series. So the way Shapiro and Atkins have built it is pretty much how anybody should want their team to be built after a core is done. You tear it down. You build it up through good trades, uh, international free agent signings and more, and you push your chips in when it's time to. And look, Ryu was just the start of that. People got to realize that Ryu signing makes no sense long term over the uh, over the course of his contract if they don't add more pieces and they will. I'm going to push this out there because you actually made it sound like it's great that he's here now. Right. And he's going to be here for the next extended future. But guys, we have the makings of what could be a baseball dynasty. 
yes. right now as far as what is the fire hose of freaking uh, talent throughout this system. And that's all they're doing. You're telling me that they wouldn't want to hang around for to see if they hold on to guys like Mourinho, Geraldo, and everybody to coming up through the minor league season, you know, system. I think they want to be there when those guys come up. I really do. And it would shock me, honestly, as long as Rogers and the company is happy to pay them, that they're going to stay. I have a strange feeling that they they just there's something about this team and the way that they're allowed to go about their business and run with things. This could be the the Brian Cashman pairing with the Yankees or anything else going on in baseball or how the fact that maybe not on the manager level, but how Mike Sosha was with the angels for a million years. Mm, mm. It really could be something like that. I did. I, if you asked me the same question, even a year ago, two years ago, I wouldn't give you that, that answer at all. I wouldn't even thought of it, but there is something about the way that they're going about this team that they clearly love and enjoy working on it. And I, they got all, like Brandon said, they have everything they need to work on right now. And they're going to be able to watch this, you know, this baby bird that they watch growing away from the nest right now and running away with the title, hopefully. And it's not just that, you know, thinking about the, the potential or rather the aspect of them maybe leaving down the line. You know, you look at, you just mentioned it, right? The fire hose of talent. It is almost impossible to leave these cupboards bare. It is almost impossible. Think about that. Yes, they have to do You would have to. The talent coming in to the team in exchange for the majority of the top level prospects in the system, you would have a fucking all star team on the Jays. And it, it wouldn't even be close to what you would be able to get. So that's what I'm saying. Like having, it's almost impossible to leave the cupboards bare. And if you have that coming in, it makes the, the, the team even more attractive to say if Shapiro's like, I've done everything I can. I got to go. I'm tired of winning. Oh, well. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. It is almost impossible because it's so jammed up in the system in a good way. So the the fact that they were able to do this in such such a short period of time is amazing. And if you can consider that they were able to build it up in such a short period of time, I'm not saying tear it down in an equally short period of time, but how aggressive they can be in a short window um, I think I, I think we should be confident in that. And I know I give a lot of shit about, oh, we got to acquire this player or this player. Is that pushing us past Tampa Bay? For me, I'm just a dude in the basement, dude. I don't know, but they certainly have their finger on the pulse better than I do. So if they see a window that I can't see, they've seen talent that I couldn't really see. What is this guy? Who is Merriweather? I don't know who that guy is. Who's Espinal? Whatever. And they turn into players that I'm thinking, okay, there's a legitimate shot they can be for this team that is part of this core, right? So I trust their judgment. If they see a window to contend, who am I to say, no, it's not there? So two things. You're spot on. Second, you got to give your basement a little bit more credit than that. (laughs) (laughs) Underground layer. (laughs) It's my layer, yes. Yes. one more point I want to make on the whole plethora of talent thing. When, the, sure. like I mentioned, this is assuming they draft like shit for the rest of their right. You know, ten yeah. <laughs> You know, they have added some really good pieces that are already at the major league level in this because and it's just it's endless. You know, it's not even just the, what we have in the Boba Shets, Vladdies, and Vigios, and uh, now having Tay Oscar or the Espinal that they acquired, or um, you know getting the best out of Rowdy Telez and what we've been getting out of the bullpen guys. 
it's you're gonna have the next wave nate pearson and company and then you're gonna have the kloppensteins and everybody else after that and that and then somewhere you got austin martin in there (laughs) (laughs) so what the hell do you do with all this and like i said i think it's gonna get to the point where they're gonna just they're either gonna have the lowest payroll in baseball because they just have guys that are arbitration level (laughs) and they can just pepper in any free agent they want (laughs) or they're going to be able to trade for any player they want because they always have something ready to go. And they, the only, with the exception of the outfield, they have potential that every position in spades. And maybe some of these guys in the outfield, or if Austin Martin is quote unquote an actual off outfield prospect, maybe it isn't as deep or uh, bare as I think. Mm. But I will tell you right now, our outfield prospects look a lot better than many, many teams in baseballs. Yeah. No, you're right, man. You absolutely are. And look, um, the waves they've created of talent all the way down to the lowest of low. Uh, look, there's there's one name that I read the other day in an article that I just completely forgot about. Um, and it's Juan DePaula, because I think he is a guy they got from Kevin Pillar, right? But mm-hmm. that guy even has a, a crap ton of talent because he was the main piece that came back from the Giants. And he's all the way down to like the lowest of low. So mm-hmm. they have started to accumulate guys that low to have guys in five, six, seven years, like you're saying, Craig, come up and continue to be like, okay, here comes some more guys. We're going to lose a few veterans, so they're going to be replaced, and we're going to continue to draft well and trade well, so it'll be stocked for a while. But in terms of the window you're talking about, Adam, uh, it is the Rays that worries me the most uh, over the next few years. The Rays are just as incredible at talent development as the Blue Jays are. They have Wander Franco, who's on the cusps of the big league level, and this guy is hyped up to be even better than Vlad was hyped up to be. So get that on your radar, Blue Jays fans. The Rays are not going away. They really aren't. The Yankees and Red Sox will never go away because they have just endless pocketbooks. But right now, this current version of the Yankees, guys, if you remove Stanton and you remove Judge, both of whom were injured quite often in 2016, the Yankees are beatable. And Gary Sanchez is starting to flame out a little bit. And their infield, other than Urshela, Glaber Torres, had an okay year, but he battled injuries. And then you go Luke Voigt, guy just had a career resurgence uh, this past year. So the Yankees, they're good. Don't get me wrong. They'll always be in the conversation every single year. I don't remember the last time they had a losing season. But the Yankees just don't scare me long term as much as the Rays do. And it's because as of right now, the way they're constructed, the Yankees are going to need to have a minor little retool or fire sale in the next few years because Stanton and Judge are getting, well, maybe not so much Judge, but Stanton is getting older. And he's already been incredibly injury-prone his entire career. You remove one of those guys, they're not the same Yankees they are when they're both in the lineup. So, yeah, who knows? This year actually scares me very much for the Yankees. If they don't, they let's say they do flame out and suck because they don't get LeMahieu, the Judge and Stanton situation that you just laid out, Brendan, happens. I don't know if you guys have looked ahead at what the 2021 free agent market looks like, but it's crazy. Yeah. Red Sox and Yankees could literally rebuild an all-star team by just writing checks. Yeah. We've seen them do it before, and it wouldn't shock me if that happens again. I'm honestly hoping they actually do have kind of a decent season this year, so that is don't write the freaking checks. True. I think True. they have enough talent, but I would be shocked, honestly, with the way the free agent market's starting to look around uh, the rumor mill and everything, that if DJ LeMahieu actually comes back to be a Yankee, and he was their biggest contributing force in offense the last two years. So, 
how often does that work though in baseball historically where you 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 buy a bunch of free agents and you make uh on paper all-star team and you win the world series i remember when the when the red sox signed who was it um the dude johnny from damon. yeah johnny, the johnny damon year no it was after that oh, wait, when he went to the yankees sorry uh, uh why is his name escaping for uh curse reverse I'm talking about the 2010 team. I think it was okay. that they they were playoff. Uh, I forget who had who they had. It was, I think it was the year with Pablo, and it was the year where they signed um, the dude from yeah, St. Louis. Had, never should have. <laughs> oh, uh, Alan Craig. Yeah, I think I, I forget <laughs> the whole roster, but no, <laughs> I, it, it was it, regardless. Historically, I don't know that that necessarily works out where you sign a bunch of free agents and you put them on a team and you expect them to win a championship. It, it definitely works out in basketball, but in baseball, I don't I just don't see it because at that point you're signing a high a bunch of high profile free agents. You're signing a bunch of egos, right? That are I'd rather have the homemade talent. Yeah. And I think that's been proven to work a little bit better, the homemade talent that you can groom in an organization rather than just signing guys. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. The only reason I'm even making that comment, the the guys that are on the 2021 free agent roster are younger than um, they usually. Are. Yeah, you're talking Lindor, Lindor yeah. Correa, um, Bryant. Crap, was the list was endless. I'm like, oh my god, this is an all star team. Looking at it, and it was every position's loaded. That was what was really scaring me. Which, in hindsight, let's say the Blue Jays do pass on this year's free agent market and run into next year, they could do the same damn thing. They really could. They could whole. Let's say you do miss out on Springer this year. I can't remember who it was, but I was very impressed with the guys that were available in the outfield. Oh, Corey Seager is another one. Just yep. <laughs> some, another guy. Um, center field was Starling Marte is the low end guy. Where the hell is the rest of the outfielders? <laughs> I'm curious who this is, Craig. I had it in front of me. And I lost it. But the next year's free agent shortstop market is crazy. Is Baez, Correa, Lindor, Seager, and Story. Mm. I'm I, pretty sure if I had to, I could, you know, flip one of my guys to the outfield just to let them pepper my infield if I had to. <laughs> uh, so, by the way, that pitcher for the Red Sox I was thinking of was John Lackey. It was that year that they signed uh, up on free yes. agents, and uh, it just didn't work out. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't he the only one that actually pitched his way out of a brown paper bag that year for the most part? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was sort of like a lost season at that point. Um, but there was a lot of hype coming in. The following year. And then they mm. more or less dusted him, didn't they? Mm. I think they, they uh, I think he ended up going to St. Louis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I'm with you. And I get that the, the young talent that might change the game because you're right. There is a plethora of young talent. And, Look, if that means that the Red Sox and the Yankees are opening up their purse strings, fine. So be it. I, I trust the, the, the talent that we have right now to sort of overcome that. Maybe that's just me being a homer. Could be. But uh, I just I just trust the young talent that we have. I think having the homegrown coming up through the system, you know, Craig. You know about the, the minor league. You, know, you know that, <laughs> that, that sort I, of continuity. happened this past year. I really do. Yeah. I miss it. Yeah. Well, hopefully it comes back. Um, all right. Well, speaking of drafting and speaking of picking people up, let's talk about Rule 5, and we can end it here. Um, I think that's this Friday, right? Rule 5 draft is this Friday? I think so. Yeah. Um, 
do you see anybody that's Rule 5 eligible that the Jays should be chasing? Now, I kind of want to temper expectations here because very rarely does it does a team get someone off the Rule 5 draft and he's immediately impactful. I think the most recent name that Blue Jays would be familiar with is Joe Biagini to be someone that was a little bit more than lightning in a bottle that had an actual presence on the team for the Blue Jays that was impactful. Um, but there are such things as diamonds in the rough. They happen. So, Craig, what do you think? Do you think there's anybody out there that the Jays should be pursuing, or do you think our best bet is the free agent trade market? I think the best thing that the Blue Jays could be looking for is filling out the bench. I really yeah. do. I think if yeah. you're looking for those guys that are in that mold of the Santiago Espinal kind of character we were just talking to, that's where you shoot for. But I'm maybe looking for more of an outfielder. If somebody that would pair well with Jonathan Davis, maybe, is kind of what I'm thinking. I don't know who that person is off the top of my head because a lot of the 40-man rosters haven't been solidified yet. Um, they'll probably be, you know, tomorrow evening, like mm. always. <laughs> it sucks that we're not recording this on a Thursday show. But to keep our Wednesday 7 o'clock time slot, <laughs> yep. um, I'm more interested in who the heck the Blue Jays are actually going to hold on to because there's a lot of crazy names right. that have to possibly be protected for the whole 40-man roster. So. I can't remember what I was thinking off the top of my head. I got, well, looking at I got the list here. Um, Bluebird Banter put this one out, and they bolded some of the bigger names. So I'll only go over the bolded names. There's Riley Adams, Maximo mm. Castillo, Otto Lopez, Gabriel Moreno, Kevin Smith, Samad Taylor, Ty Tice, Josh Winkowski, and Chavez Young. Yeah. Those ones that they have um, bolded. There's, there's a few names that aren't bolded that are quite interesting, too. Uh, some that caught my eye when I went through there, guys. Kyle Johnston, who they got from the Nationals in the Daniel Hudson trade. Um, mm -hmm. Whatever. Uh, Cullen Large, a guy, Craig, I know you brought his name up last week uh, or two weeks ago. Uh, Zach Logue, a guy who made it to AAA in 2019. Uh, another pitcher who kind of falls in that uh, that Zoic, uh, Winkowski, Joey Murray kind of mold, who may have a nice little future, uh, but is not like the upper echelon of arms. Ryan Noda, um, Graham Spraker, I know he's been touched on before, and Logan Warmoth, a guy who the front office was huge on a few yeah. years back, uh, who's kind of fallen out of favor a little bit lately, it seems. But they have some tough decisions, guys. There's going to be some really good players out there for other teams to claim. And I think that's just a sign of how good the system is. You can't protect and keep everybody. So yep. a, a good arm is going to go. And we saw that with Romano. It's it's a miracle we got him back. Yeah. Uh, Texas and the Giants, I think, too, right? And then there was another, oh, Travis Bergen, who eventually got flipped for Bobby Ray. So, yeah, there's definitely going to be somebody that's taken. I, I guarantee that. Could be Logue if he's not protected because he got close to the bigs uh, in 2019. Yeah. I think the most interesting one is Kevin Smith. This yes. Them to uh, see if the Heat, this is, do they see him being the prospect that they thought he was two years ago? No. This guy ran through the bottom. Of the, he, he looked like Boba Shet playing in Lansing. It literally, I was literally sitting in the stands watching the game with Jesse Goldberg Strasslers. He was nice enough to come down and visit me for the one inning that he takes a break. And we were sitting there chit chatting and whatnot. And Kevin Smith literally just destroys a pitch over the left field wall. And it was just one of the craziest things to watch. We literally we were talking about him before his at bat who I might have liked and who he was, you know, keen on watching every night. And that was what happened. And the funny, the other part of that was um, watching some of the other guys. Um, I'm trying to think of a pitcher. <laughs> he pitched for the Blue Jays in like one game. 
two years ago. That's not going to help, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It was everybody that year. Anyway, I'll think of it eventually. But I just do – you, do you trust Kevin Smith to be that good? Or do you expect him to fizzle out? So it's, right now they have to pick if they expect him to be that future player because it really would not shock me that somebody would take a flyer on him on this year's Rule 5 draft because yeah. he is close and his defense is solid. So worst case scenario, guys, he could be on somebody's bench. So I don't see anybody having a problem keeping him on the major league roster for a whole season. And maybe that's what the Blues thinking about doing. Maybe he's the pair up with Santiago Espinal that I was mentioning we might be shopping for. So there's that argument. Do you want to rather keep him or would you rather look elsewhere? Yeah, it's a good point. I think if the, in hindsight, if the team knew what Smith would be just a year or two after they were really hyping him up, would have traded him. Um, I think he and Warmouth are very, very similar. They both were the talking points of state of the franchise. Or no, not state of the franchise, at Winterfest uh, mm. a few years ago. I think it was 2018's Winterfest or maybe even 2019's Winterfest. I remember we had a podcast episode. Um, I think you might have been our guest, Adam. Uh, and we touched on length on Warmouth and Kevin Smith about how excited we were about them and just how they've kind of fizzled out since then because I don't even think Warmouth will be protected and I could see him staying in the organization. Um, but I think they probably will have to protect Smith. Uh, but there's a, there's a lot of tough calls in there, man. There is. Yeah, for me, it's... Look, we were just talking about how... I wouldn't say jammed up, but how rich the prospect pool is. Um, I'm not necessarily concerned with any of the players coming out. Now, of course, you don't want to see talent that is robust you know, on another team and thrive. You don't want to see that. But at the same time, I think the Blue Jays are in a good position that if they're... If there was any year that they can sort of, I don't want to say scoff at it, but say we're going to be okay, I think this is one of those years. Um, so, I, again, if there's anybody coming into the organization, Craig, I agree with you, we're just looking for bench fodder at this point and maybe not anything that we think would be here long term and maybe not someone that we, yeah, it might not be anybody that we hold on to for the whole year. And I think you're going to see a lot of that. But in, in terms of coming out, yeah, I, w- I was pretty surprised to see Kevin Smith's name on there. I, I know that he's been highly touted at least previously for quite a bit and it sort of fizzled out. So I'm not really too concerned. And again, that might be just signaling my ignorance when it comes to the, the minor league system. But I just think we have the guys that we, we know will thrive with this organization. And I'm not necessarily sure 100% that the names that we're mentioning are part of that. I could be wrong, and that might be me misreading it, but this is one of those years that I'm not necessarily concerned. No, I agree. And look, eventually you're going to have to clear out some prospects because there's not going to be a home for them. Right. Uh, it's just as simple as that. And you can keep as many as you want, but then they'll be out of jobs or they'll become bench players or bullpen arms. So uh, I agree. I think, you're, I think your uh, evaluation there, Adam, is pretty spot on. I got a curious one for you. Gabriel Moreno has a chance to be basically Elvis Luciano for yeah. a baseball team. I could see that. I could. 20 years old, he would be the youngest guy, just like Luciano would be, or pretty damn close to it. Are you protecting him with the plethora of catcher talent that we already have on our 40-man roster? Or, just to play devil's advocate here, do you hurry up and trade somebody like Reese McGuire for a flyer? before the end of the week just so you get a minor league guy back and not have to worry about it. 
But if we're talking about a guy like Mourinho, do you think that he would be able to survive on a team as a catcher? That's that's pretty that's a tall ask for a whole season. As a backup, maybe is the only thing I can think of. And it would be for a team that would be a bottom feeder, I would think. Yeah, yeah, like a like a Baltimore or something. Yeah. And in all reality, Baltimore yeah. actually probably would take a risk on somebody like yeah. you know, because it's a the guy's ceiling is literally <laughs> <laughs> and from what I I haven't seen him because of the minor league stuff going on, but um, all the tape I've seen it, his defense looks like it might be on point enough to you know take a flyer on him on for yeah. a my for a backup catcher to be paired with whoever Caleb Joseph, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know for the season, and you got some guy that's literally gonna eat up eighty percent of it, and you got him just to be there on the roster learn from somebody like that because that's the, the that's the problem with the catching position. If Mourinho paid any other position, no team would probably make a flyer on him. If he was a bullpen arm or a catcher, which he is, yeah. that's where yeah. I'm worried about it. And with him being such a talent, that's really the only thing that worries me because it's a really odd situation for somebody that young to even be held out on even having the opportunity to be in the Rule 5 draft. And it's because the Blue Jays have had him in the system since he was, what, 17? Yeah. So. Do you think, I, I'm pretty sure we all agree that we know what Reese McGuire is. He's probably not going to be more than what he is right now, right? Dump him. Yeah, so at that, how opposed are we to just releasing him? <laughs> I, I honestly would DFA him right now and, see what the hell happens because he hasn't yeah. shown me that he can run away with even a backup job right now. So if you can't get right anything now, from by Friday. Minimum, yeah. Right yeah. now at minimum, it wouldn't shock me that Kirk, if you had to solidify and you made this move right now, just to get that 40 man spot for Mourinho, Kirk would be the backup catcher to start the season. And that there's definitely certainly worse ways we could be doing our backup catcher spot without adding somebody like we've been talking about previously. Right. Right. But right now on paper, 40-man roster, that would be how you would have to shake it out because you're not going not gonna to sell low on Kirk by trading him right now unless he's in a package or something. And the odd man out is full-on Reese McGuire right now. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I, de I, de I get rid of him to open up a 40-man spot or somebody just open up the spot to keep him because I still do think that Moreno is one of their best trade trips moving forward. And if they do want to make a trade at the deadline or – this offseason, I think you need him in there because your catching depth wouldn't take that much of a hit because you might still have Riley Adams in the system. You still have Jansen, assuming you're not going to trade off the major league roster. You still have Kirk. So Moreno um, is probably your best trade chef from the catcher position. So I find any way to keep him here because I do think, Greg, you're right, a bottom feeder is going to pick him up. I can see bottom feeders picking up arms like Logue. Uh, or Winkowski, I think, is another name uh, mm -hmm. that needs to be protected. Um, I could see a team like the Marlins or the Pirates just being like, look, Zach, go out and pitch, and you will be here next year. No matter what you do, how bad you are, we're not contending. So we can do whatever we want with you. Start a few games, throw out of the bullpen, do whatever you got to do. We'll keep you here. And I think a team could like that could do that with Moreno. Just keep him as a backup primarily, play him in a few games. Um, and get enough production out of them to be like, yeah, okay, great, you're here for uh, the foreseeable future. I think you just hit the biggest wild card period, Ben Charrington. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I didn't yeah. Even think of he that knows the system great. like the back of his damn hands, and now he's looking to rebuild the Pirates. So either he's mm -hmm. going to be looking to pilfer us with some of his guys that he likes in trade, or 
He's just going to be sitting there going like this. <laughs> Come on, do it. I dare you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If there's a way to bet on the Rule 5 draft and get so intimate, bet on the Pirates taking a guy from the Jays. Do it. Yeah, That's true. Yeah. And, you know, more to your to your point, Craig, do I feel super confident with uh, Jansen leadership with Kirk as the backup? No. But do I feel super confident with Jansen and McGuire? No. And I feel more confident. Yeah, I feel more confident with Kirk, oddly as that may sound, than I do with McGuire. So at that point, I, I I don't know that he has a future on this team. And if he doesn't, him. But if it but means you are keeping getting something for him, you yes, get you're getting a young prospect. Team. Yes. So it's, yes. that's how you gotta, I think they have to be attacking that problem, but. Well, knock on desk, as the saying goes. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, I appreciate everybody interacting with us and watching if you have been on Twitter. Uh, if you are listening to the podcast feed. Oh, we did. Oh, we eclipsed 100. So if you are listening to us on the podcast feed, we appreciate. Oh, okay. We appreciate you uh, you tuning in. We appreciate the subscriptions. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the podcast uh, catchers that you indulge in. We are there. And if you want to catch us live on video, you can do so, uh, I guess, every Wednesday we're doing this. Every Wednesday evening around 7 p.m. on the Twitter, on the, what is it, K-Scope? I don't even know what it is. Um, but we're on we're on Twitter. So, so you can find us on Twitter. Go to at birdwatching GC. Yes. Yes, birdwatching GC. Um, and guys, we're going to end this the way we normally do two claps on a Ric Flair and a let's go blue Jays. Let's do it. Let's go blue Jays. This other one's too far away. the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done